This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lesson of sports. Man, this is a good good morning to be here because we are talking about motivation and who better on planet Earth to be talking about motivation with than my partner. Good morning, Ray. Morning, Doc. <laughs> Today is so powerful because not only are we going to be talking about motivation, something that everybody wants in life, um, but we're also going to talk about how to motivate others. So whether or not you are in the sports world, the business world, wherever you are, this is going to be powerful because this is about how do we motivate people. Yeah, but you know what, Doc, and you know me now, I always said that before you... Before you try to motivate someone else, the key to true motivation is you finding everyday motivation, mm. right? I, I believe I believe the one thing that that we as a country sometimes lack is what keeps you going every day. What what makes you move? What inspires you? And and I'm not talking about job. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about nothing that man has created. I'm talking about what's this force? What's this power that says, I got to move. I got to get up. I got to do something. Because once you figure that out as an individual on how you can motivate yourself, then motivating others become but becomes more of a purpose for you. Yes. So your vision, it's about vision. Like when you have a clear vision about who you are, what you're about, then everything else that comes up just becomes details. I mean, so many people get stopped when it comes to motivation because something gets in their way. But when you have your vision, when you have your why, you just go right through those obstacles that, that are in your way. See, and that's so, so, if 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 we don't give the kids an imagination again, mm. then we're gonna lose generations, right? I used to imagine myself. I, I never forget. I used to write on the back of my T-shirts, Roger Craig number, and I used to, <laughs> I used to pretend to be him, right? And I used to write down Tony Dorsett and John Riggins, and I'm writing down all these guys' numbers. But I had an imagination of what I wanted to be. Like I wanted to. Play like him. I wanted to act like him. I wanted to be tough like him. And 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 that's the thing that still to this day, I think what inspires me the most is every day I have a chance to affect or change something. And yeah. and, and 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 that's what I I, I want I want us to hone in on. 
why motivation is so important. So when you go through these regular emotions, whether you're mad, sad, glad, disappointed, confused, abused, whatever it is, these emotions, they don't override who you really are. Yes. Yeah. See, there's so much that you've been said in there. It's, it gets exciting because a couple things. One, it, it, the motivation came from watching others. And that's what, that's the thing. No matter how highly motivated you are yourself, I believe that we need each other. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be in a position where I could call you up and say, I need some motivation and I'll get motivated. I mean, I think in life we need each other. And that's one of the reasons why you and I said, let's do this, this whole podcast in general was to motivate people. So, if you're out there and you're struggling and you're saying, you know what, how do I do this on my own? You don't have to. I mean, that's right. one of the reasons why we're here right. is to help support that along the way. Right. And, and the other piece of that is your when you have a clear picture of what you want. You mm-hmm. saw those NFL legends before you were there as you were when you were a kid and you had a clear picture of what you wanted. And one of the main first lessons we teach in sports psychology is clear goals are much more likely to be met than unclear goals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I say, hey, I want to lose weight one day, there's not a good chance that that happened. But if I say I want to lose, you know, 10 pounds over the next two months and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z specifically, mm-hmm. now I have a good chance at, at meeting that goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, and, and so, it's, so every day I take, I take the opportunity to, one of the ways I motivate myself every day is... I look to actually affect one life a day Mm. to truly impact and change someone's direction that may, that may not be going down a necessarily bad path, but just can't figure it out. Right. And, and so this kid calls me yesterday and oh my gosh. And you know, he's really frustrated. He's really in in a very isolated place and he's lonely. And I'm telling him, and, and I said, but now this is when your journey is supposed to be created, right? And I'm I'm saying all of these things to him. And then he texts me back and he says something that is, is soothing to the heart. Because the moment he says, I get it, then you know he's yes. starting to get it. Yes. Right? It's like it's like walking a... It's like watching a baby, right? When, when, when a baby is small and, and you want them to walk so fat, so bad, but when they're crawling, right, you want them to walk to you and they take that one or two steps, then they fall, right? right? But then you get back up and you say, no, 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 keep coming, keep coming, keep yeah. coming. And when you see a child able to walk on their own, that's when the that's when the the the, 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 the mother or father smiles. Yeah, it's huge because when you when that when that young person told you that and they got it and you saw they got it. That one of the great things about motivating people is it's that probably a similar feeling as when you are sacking a quarterback when you when you're winning like because you're using your humanity to help other people. Oh, that's a little bit different. All right, tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know, sacking a quarterback is a, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a totally different motivation. But I'll take it though. <laughs> Let me tell you where I'm going with this. When I was, I, so, I, so I played sports my whole life, and then uh, you know, obviously, I didn't make it as a professional athlete, and I went into the world of counseling. And there would be times when I would sit with someone who got an aha moment that changed their lives. I remember specifically working with a woman one time. 
who was unable to really leave her town. Like she grew up in this real small town. She had never left it, literally never left the city limits. And she had been like, I really want to go somewhere. So we identified a place that was just outside of town. There was this mountain that she wanted to go up. And she went and she parked outside this mountain and she would not go up it. And we worked and we worked in a therapy each week. And then one day she came back and she said, you know what? I just, I just saw it and I just drove past it. And I went up to the top of this mountain. And for many people, they say, what's the big deal? This woman drove up a mountain. But to me, that was huge mm-hmm. because it was this feeling of like, wow, I got to be a part of this woman's journey mm-hmm. where she took a step further. And I think that's what motivation is. We're t- helping people take a step further. Yeah. See, that's but but every day, if, if you have opportunities to breathe, you have something to see the next day, even if you don't, that's the, there, there's a moment that you have to wake up. And when you wake up, you have to realize I'm not just living. I'm not just existing. I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a human being and I, and there's something that I must be doing, right? That's when we think about what motivation really is. Motivation for me is because I know, I know where my destiny is. I'm headed towards my destiny. There is nothing that will slow me down from chasing what my ultimate goal is, right? And so when, 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 when you talk about how we spin it, I, you know, I always I love I love speaking to adults, right? But more importantly, I love speaking to kids because what happens is it's like when you plant something and you start to see this seed starts to grow. What kids need to know now is if it's anything that you can plug, unplug, looks colorful on a video game. If that's your motivation, then we're in trouble. Yeah. Right? I don't need parents sometimes to always be parents. I need parents sometimes to be dictators. Right? I was raised, I was raised to a dictatorship. I was raised that you don't have no choice. Yeah. Right? So, and, and so, but what, what it taught me was when my mother started to teach me the things that I should really be focusing on, when she taught me that, now that I'm a man, I appreciate it. Yeah. I may have, I may not have liked it, but now my greatest motivation now is because she did give me that. Okay, so I use the phrase, sometimes we get the help we need, not the help we want. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes you say, I want this to help, but well, that help's not going to really help me. That's I need, good. We, and, and, and I think when people realize that, that you're going to get sometimes the help you need, not the help you want, yeah. you're just more open to it. Mm-hmm. But I want to come back to your point about the vision. Like, So we have, so first and foremost, when it comes to motivating others, you live the life that you want mm-hmm. to, to inspire people. So I always say there's a difference between demand Demanding respect and commanding respect. Mm-hmm. And to me, what I teach is with demanding respect, it's kind of like you stand over top of somebody. Hey, you will respect me. But at the end of the day, you can't make somebody respect you. But when you command respect, that's when you're living a life that people want to emulate. People look at it and say, I want what he has or I want what she has. Right. And so you command respect just by your actions, by the way you live your life. And to me, when you have a vision... And you live toward that vision every day. You can command respect. That's that's that, that's really good. Commanding over demanding, because I had a real problem, Doc. I used to demand respect. <laughs> Why? <Well, it's> un- <laughs> because because yeah. because when you when you played when you played the game, right? Men, you were playing against other men, right? And so the thing that you had to figure out is what makes someone respect you. Yeah. Right. And so. Yeah, plays come a dime a dozen. 
But from my position, the number one goal was let me get his attention. Right. Getting his attention is running to him full speed with everything I have. Yeah. Right. And so that's a demand because I'm telling you I'm coming to do this and then I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do after I do it. Then I'm going to tell you I'm going to do it all over again. But that was that's a totally different dynamic. So, right. so I love the way you took command and demand because that's if if we can teach that, if we can mold people to really understand how to exercise that every day, commanding or demanding, yeah. I think that's a big that's a big tool we well, should give people. To me, here's how way I would phrase it. You demanded of yourself <laughs> yes. to be absolutely the best. That's it. And so when you said, I'm going to go hit this person, you demanded of yourself that. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, that's why I think that it commanded the respect of other people. Yes. It really did. Yes. It really did. To me, so I, so I do a lot of work in the prison system. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of work with people who are in gangs and will try to intimidate people. Yeah. And they say, you know, they may hold a gun to someone's head. And they, and they talk a lot about how I need respect, respect, respect. And what I say to people is, if you really want to motivate others to respect you, it can't be just intimidating them like that. Because that inside their head, how do you know what they're thinking? Right. So there's a really powerful uh, legend about what happened during the Nazi concentration camps. There's this legend where this uh, Nazi soldier broke into this Jewish man's home and he held a gun to his head. And he said, will you submit? And the Jewish man didn't say a word, but he did whatever he was told to do. So day in, day out, for a couple months, he lived like this, never said a word. So finally, Americans come in, win the war. They come into this guy's house. They arrest this Nazi uh, soldier. And as soon as the soldier's hands behind his back, the Jewish man walked up to him and said, no. In other words, I never agreed to submit to you. Mm. I'll do what I takes to survive. And you may have... Uh, controlled my body with your gun and that, but you didn't control my mind. You never had my mind. Mm. And so the power in that is when we are in control of our mind, we can't, we cannot demand respect from other people. All we can really ever do is command it. That's and it. I think when you demand it of yourself, you commanded it of other people. Yeah, I think that's when, well, we, that, that's when you become, that's when you, what we're talking about when we say everyday motivation. That's why the demand is so high on myself. Yes. Like, cause I don't, you know, I, I was, I, I've heard that you're not the biggest, you're not the strongest, you're not the fastest. I heard that you won't make it to this, you won't, I've heard all that. So when I started to figure all of that out and started demanding that for myself, when I started my push-ups and sit, sit-ups at 10 years old, when I got to 13, when I got to 17, when I got to 21, when I got to 29, when I got to 37, when I'm now 41 and I'm still doing the same things. Yeah. That demand has never left me to myself, right? So when, when so I don't need to look outside of my four walls to find motivation. Right. Motivation for me is in the demand of what I've created through a history of repeating what I know is successful. Can you talk a little bit about demanding how Fifty Two came about? Yeah. See, that's that's the. I think that's the. You know, I, I walked into the University of Miami. I never forget it. And uh, you know, I wasn't even on the roster at the time. You know, because I, I had I received the last scholarship at the University of Miami that they had because Dennis Erickson and Art Keel saw me play my last high school game in football, and we lost. And, and the number one recruit that they was recruiting at the time was Jamie German from Fort Myers, and they came to Lakeland and they beat us. 
And man, I cried my eyes out. But I had I had such an amazing game. But who cares if you lose in the playoffs, right? If you're not going to state. Right. But they remembered that game. And I went to Florida State and you know, that story is, is still sits to this day. You know, when I walked out of Florida State and told them that how they, how, how they didn't know I'm better than Derrick Brooks right now. And my, I get back and my coach, he falls to his knees, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, falls to his knees and says, you don't ruin your career. And i never forget, four days before signing day, four days before reporting at the University of Miami, they come across the loudspeakers at school. Ray Lozer, you come to the office. And they called me down there, and he was like, the University of Miami just offers you a full-rise scholarship. Wow. And I said, what? Like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, where did that come from? Like, we because we, we didn't we never had conversations with the University of Miami yeah. at all. Wow. And so I think one of those lessons is honestly that you never know when you're being watched. You don't. So, so, when, you, so when you got to do what you got to do, and I never forget, <clears throat> they called me, and I got on the phone with him. And he said, I'll see you in four days. I went home. I told my mom, I said, Ma. But she was she was living in Memphis at the time. I said, Ma, I got a full ride scholarship to the wow. University of Miami. Can wow. you freaking believe this? And it, so that's that, it, that's. It, how, it, yeah. I mean, you de- <laughs> and you demanded of yourself to work at a level that is legendary. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's legendary. Um Look, we had a lot to talk about with motivation because we're not just going to talk about, again, you're motivating yourself, but motivating others. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after these messages. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So today we are talking about motivating others. Like this is just, this is good stuff. And the the way Ray and I initially met was on the set of a show called Coaching Bad on Spike Network. And what we did was we took coaches from all over the country. We took these nine coaches from all over the country who kind of found their way in motivating others by screaming at little kids and being in their face, degrading them, putting them down as human beings. And we taught them a better path. And to us, that was a huge start for us. And what it did was it set the stage for how today, at least for today, what I want to talk about in terms of motivating others. Because there's a great Aesop's fable where this uh, this guy, he has this bull and he says uh, he goes into town. He's in this bull is very loving. Like he, he really he, this is his uh, kind of his best friend. He's, he's helped him through the years. And so he said goes into town. He says, I bet that this bull can pull a thousand carts. And somebody in town said, man, I'll take that bet. And so the moment that they take the bet. This uh, this guy looks at his bull and he starts screaming at him. He's like, man, you better get your butt up there. He's like, what's wrong with you? Start moving. Start pulling. You're scum. And he starts putting this bull down, right? So the bull didn't end up pulling anything. He just stood there. 
So, he's, you know, his master lost all the money. So the master says to him, they go home. He goes, man, what happened, man? I know you could pull out stuff. He said, you, you never you never didn't pull something like that before. And the bull looks at him and says, you never talked to me like that before. And uh, if you talk to me mm-hmm. disrespectfully like that, why would I want to pull for you? Mm-hmm. And so the master gets it, right? So he goes back to town. He says, listen, if I if I talk to you kindly, he's, the bull says, you talk to me kindly, I'll do it. So the next day he goes back. He doubles the wager with the guy. He talks, he encourages the bull, right? And he pulls a thousand cards. And I really think that that story exemplifies, um, when we're talking about coaching or motivation, that it's not about degrading somebody, it's about finding the best inside of them. Yeah, you know what, that's, man, listen, I gotta piggyback off of this because it's so, like, relevant to what happened. So, so Mike Singletary was my linebacker coach for a few years and, the defensive coordinator was Mike Nolan at the time. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I'm telling you to this day, I give credit to to both of them, but I give credit to Mike Singletary because of something that he did during a Jets game. We're in the game, and you know me, I know the defense, and I know everything, So, and I'm trying to call the plays, help coach call the plays, and we're trying to work together, whatever. But we're on this – we're on the – going in and, and they're heading in going in to score and I never forget I'm looking at the down distance and I'm like why are we in why are we in a, a pass defense when I know they're going to run the ball when the back is at seven yards back so I'm on the field and I'm losing my mind <laughs> because I'm like okay now you're going to let this guy come off hit me in my mouth I got to defend him we're in a pass defense and now you want me to stop the play I'm losing my mind and I'm on the field and I'm and I'm and I know the coach is in the press box and I'm trying to let him know that I'm losing my mind. And I walk to the sideline and Mike Singletary said, Ray, come here. Come here. And man, if you ever saw this video, it was really intense. Because this is a moment I truly tell people to this day, my leadership skills changed that day. Wow. From the moment he grabbed me and he said, Come here. He said, You you got to understand the impact. Of your voice He say So to your point about the bull He says Ray you can't talk to everybody the same way You got to know how to talk to people Because when you say something to somebody They gonna take it a totally different way Right right He say that If you don't like a call You don't have to like the call But don't Don't let all of that ugly and frustration comes out Because when you let all that come out You mess up everybody He said we'll figure it out together but he said always be mindful of your tone as a leader and from that day man i'm telling you something i encouraged from that day i don't think i ever really got in somebody's face to yell i got in many people's face to get to get the best out of them right but i never i never talked to them in a bad bad way and that's the point of that bull right right If, if if you talk to people right Right? It's like kids. If you talk to kids right, if you have these conversations, like, look, I don't need, I tell my kids all the time, I don't need you to like me. Yeah. But you will respect me. Right? And, 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 if, and if you can teach that, that's gold. 
That's gold. It is. It is. And you, when you, I mean, listen, the I, I've seen it with you firsthand, even from lifting with you. Like it's all about encouragement. And I think when you're trying to get the best out of somebody, you have to ask yourself first and foremost, where is this person? Look, if somebody's standing on one end of the football field and I, and I, and I whisper real quietly on the other end of the football field, they're not going to hear me. Right. And, and the same thing is true is if I start to degrade somebody, and now they're just thinking about what I'm saying to degrade them. They're not listening to the message that I have. So I always say to people, do you want to talk just to talk or do you want to talk so that you're actually heard? And if you really want to talk so that you're actually heard, that's what, you know, that's one of the reasons why I created Yield Theory, uh, back in the late nineties. It's, it's an approach to getting to people by meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. And if you want to motivate others, you have to meet them where they are. You can't meet them where you think they should be. Mm-hmm. And, and let me give you an example specific example. So one day I was talking to this trainer in the weight room and I said, uh, I said, yeah, I'm trying to lose some weight and stuff. And he said, uh, well, what'd you eat last night? And I said, I had some beer and wings. And he said, well, you shouldn't have had that. And then he couldn't get off the fact that I shouldn't have had that. And I said, listen, I'm already aware that I shouldn't have had that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you now about what I can do from <laughs> this moment forward. Like I can't go back in time and change that. Right. <laughs> so what I need from you is to teach me from this moment forward. But he could never get off of that. So I just moved away. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. this isn't the person for me because you don't don't meet me where I should be. Mm-hmm. Meet me where I am, and then take me to where I should be. See that the key to life of truly giving someone knowledge and wisdom is actually meeting them where they are. Because if you don't, you're gonna miss them, man. You know, it's it's a lot of things I do, just like you when we do public speaking, right? And you think about what it is that you're trying to get out of the crowd. Yeah. Right? And every time I go in and speak to a crowd, I always do one thing. I always find out the temperature of my crowd Mm. because I need not my crowd to hear me. I need to hear my crowd. Because if I hear my crowd, then I can go directly to where they are. That's to bring you to bring out. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I just love that line. Like yeah. if you can hear the crowd. Yeah. Like think about that. If you're out there and you're speaking, if you're doing a, anything, let's say you have a, a you have to do a presentation at, at work. Mm-hmm. Like what Ray just said, that those words resonate with me deeply. I hope they resonate with you because that's powerful. I have to listen to the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's the epitome of meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. But just just think about it. Speakers, pastors. Uh, you know, motivation to speak, whoever it is, most of us who, who do this, we, we write a, we write a, a, what my topic is three, four days out. Yeah. Right. And we say, this is what I'm going to speak about. Right. And, 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 and it's fine. Don't get me wrong. It's, it, it, it's the model works. Right. But when you want to see true change, Walk in there and grab that piece of paper that you that you wrote from five days ago and put it to the side for a minute and look at your crowd in their face and whisper to one or two of them and find out what they really going through and then watch where your messages come from. I can promise you that Ray and I have not talked about this ahead of time, but that is exactly what I'll do. I will I will write my speech ahead of time. I go sit, I meditate, and I reflect on it before I get there. I go in, I talk to players. Yep. I want to find out what's going on with them. I'll go to a practice, something like that. 
that uh, t- exactly what you just said. That is crazy because we've never literally talked about this before, mm-hmm. but we do the same thing. And I think that it comes back to there's an essence to when you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are, there's an essence to doing something right. There's an essence to the way to motivate people yes. in the most effective way possible. Yes. And that essence is, in my opinion, and I think I hear you agreeing with me on this, is meeting people where they are. That's what's wrong with the disconnects of of these kids who's joining games and these kids who's creating this senseless and, and, and stupid violence. Yeah. You think about them, bro, because we're not meeting them where they are. We're not meeting them where the father wasn't. Right. Right? We're not meeting them when they don't have a meal. We're not meeting them when they don't have clothes to change. Right. We're not meeting them at those places. So when we so when we turn on the news and you're looking at, oh my gosh, this person hurts this person, this person hurts that person. Yeah, it's oh my gosh. Because it's terrible. But we don't know the real issues. Right. And right. And, and unless we tap into the real issues, just like your children, you say, Oh, well, my child, you know, you you know, now doctors and people want to say, Oh, he's ADD. He says, No, he's not. You just need to realize and understand who he is, which means it may take you a little time. To figure that out, it, do, it, right? it does, yeah. and I think I think a lot of people don't want to take that time. That's it, because they come across with this. This is how the world should be, yep. and uh, we've talked about this before. I always frame it in terms of I believe there's a difference between what I call the cartoon world, the world where this is how the world should be, and then there's the real world, which is how the world actually is. And as long as I align my expectations with the cartoon world, I'm gonna be let down, right? Mm-hmm. This is not. Well, this is how this should be. Well, it's not that way. So now if I align my expectations with reality, I'm more prepared to meet it. So if you're a motivator, you're trying to motivate somebody, your employees, you're trying to motivate your children. It is so important to do what you said. Take the time to understand exactly where they are Mm -hmm. because it's only from there that you're going to go be able to do something with them. So another analogy I use a lot is uh, stand on top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. If I'm on top of a mountain, I can't yell at people who are down the base of the mountain. Hey, you're going the wrong way. They're not going to hear me if I'm top of a mountain. I got to have the self-discipline to leave where I am, go meet them where they are and help guide them up the right path. And that self-discipline comes back to what you talked about, which was the demanding the greatness from yourself, mm-hmm. which is why you wake up every morning and do what you do. Yeah. So, I, so there was this book I read, Peaks and Valleys, and it, it explained exactly what you're talking about, right? Because when you're on the peak of the valley, yeah. I mean, when you're on the peak of the mountain, you don't you nobody can see or hear you when they're in the valley of the mountain. Right. Right. So when you find yourself on the peak, your biggest test every day is to go back to the valley. Mm. Because if you never go back to the valley, nobody will never hear you. And that's what you think about I don't athletics led me to to understand how the peaks change every second of life. Yeah. That's why the messages has to change with people. Yeah. That's why you can't. Right. That's why you can't walk in. You you, you think right. about these these huge mega churches and these huge you know like crowds of people who's coming in to listen to these powerful messages, and you may only touch thirty percent of them because you build it to speak to the masses, but you never isolate on the isolated. Right. That's the ones. The ones that we're missing is the ones that we got to go back to the valley. If if we as a country really want to see this country change, then individually, 
We all got to meet the people that we know aren't where we are. We got to go back and get them. A, a thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. That's the nail on the head. If it's in your own life, in your own life, because so many times people will be in charge. I'll talk to executives and they want to help me. They want me to help motivate their employees. But I say, how are you doing it with your families at first? Because you can't expect to wake up and just become something that you're not. You have to live your message day in, day out. Mm -hmm. Like something that um, people, if they could peek into your life and my life on a personal level and see, like we really are this passionate all day long. Whether we're sitting here doing this or we're on TV or we're literally in the room talking by ourselves, we're this passionate about life. You don't turn it on and off. It just is. It becomes who you are, which I love comes back to your point of in the beginning of that vision, that imagination. Say, this mm -hmm. is who I want to be mm -hmm. and this is my vision for this. Mm -hmm. um, once mm -hmm. we have that, mm -hmm. once we have that, things can change. So, look, motivating people is one of the most important things than anybody can do. And we're, we're going to take a break, break for our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to give you an actual method for how you can motivate other people. Talk to them, doc. So we're back and we're talking about motivating others. And, uh, Listen, this is exciting. I'm not going to lie. It's sitting next to Ray Lewis, who, who who's really fired people up to become world champions. Uh, it's it's pretty fun because you've motivated people at the highest level. So 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 you said something right before we got off. This is what the the, the real key is. You know, I learned I learned this <laughs> early in my career, Doc. That the one thing that bothered me the most is when a trainer will come and ask to train me, ask me to pay him to train me, but then don't train with me. Mm. Really? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Nah, nah. And so what happened was what I started to realize, and then you know this, and this is the same thing about what motivation really is, how meeting people where they are is because I started looking at people and saying, no, I'm not going to tell you to work out. I want you to work out with me. Yeah. See, that's a totally different ball game. And it is. Because when somebody has to, they, when they say, wait a minute, he going to work out with me? Yeah. Right? And then it changes because it clicks, right? So as a leader, when, when I'm on the field and I, and I challenge my defense early, early, I never forget it in, in, in my career. I said, listen, every time the ball snaps, Everybody on defense to touch the ball and get your behind back to the huddle. Now, some people didn't do it every time, but when they saw me do it for 17 years, right, it became natural for them to do it, right, because I met them where they were. I wasn't saying, "Oh, I'm Ray Lewis, yeah. and I ain't got to run to the ball." No, absolutely not. Let me give you what the what the ingredient is, right. and that is if we do this together. I guarantee you we have greater success. Wow. Yeah. That's but it is. It's leading it's leading by example. Um I love it. I think it's so powerful because this isn't something that you just have to do as a trainer. And it's, it isn't something you just have to do on the field. This is means if you're in charge of an organization, like what are your, uh, what are the people who are working for you doing? And, and, and how are you meeting them where they are? Look, there's a specific method. We told you we're going to tell you a specific method on how to help people. And here it is. This is really powerful. Okay. So every time 
people make a change, they go through a series of stages. Okay, so and I'm just going to kind of go through these four distinct changes. The first part of it is this. People aren't even thinking about change. Mm. Okay, so somebody might say, hey, listen, man. Yeah, you need to eat, quit eating donuts, uh, 24-7. And somebody said, well, why? Why would I want to not, you know, what's wrong with that? That's, they're not even thinking about change. Then you get to the spot where you're thinking about change, but you're not ready to do anything about it yet. So in other words, you might say, you know, maybe I should add something in my diet besides donuts, right? I said the 500 donuts a day is not good for me. All right, so I'm thinking about it, but I'm not ready to do anything. And then we get to the third stage, which is, I am making small changes. So I might cut back on some donuts Mm. or I might add some fruit in there or something like that. So I'm making small changes. And then finally, and this is the most important stage, I'm actually changing. All Mm. right. So this is the action stage. So now the reason why we tell you about these four stages is this. If someone, we all want people to be in the action stage. We all want people to already be there doing it. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's in the stage where they're not even thinking about change, and we're talking to them as though they should be in in action, then what we're doing is we're not meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a, I, I call, I said there's a fancy psychological term for that, and it's called nagging. Uh, basically, whenever you're telling people where they should be and you're not meeting them where they are, you're basically just nagging them. So it takes discipline to walk down that mountain. It takes discipline to find out where people are. But once you do that, once you find out the stage of change someone is in, you can go meet them there and help guide them to the next step. And, and there's one other piece on this. I always say, I'm not telling you if you're in, if you're in a stage where you're not thinking about change, my goal isn't to get you to the action stage. My goal is to get you to the stage where you start thinking about change. Mm-hmm. And if you're in thinking about change, my goal isn't to get you in action. It's to get you to start making small changes. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So every step, I'm just trying to get you to the next step of change. This is change. Change is writing something down, meditating on it, and then going and getting it done. Mm-hmm. I wrote things down when I was playing. I wrote what Pittsburgh was lining up in in a two-by-two set. I I wrote down if the back is at seven yards. I wrote down what that mean. I wrote down if if one or two receivers on one side or one receiver on another. I wrote down all of that thing, all of that, what that meant. And when we, and when I got into the game, the only thing that changed that from what they was going to run anyway yeah, was what I wrote down because I trusted what I wrote down. You said, see, the good book says write the vision and make it plain. See, sometimes to, to see true change, you got to write out change. See, sometimes to, to lose weight, you got to write out a weight plan. I agree. So sometimes to get in a weight room, you got to write, write a weight room plan. Right. You have to write a life plan. You got to write a year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. What's my exit strategy on life? What What if I don't make it to college? You got if, if, if you never write these things, then your life becomes just a dream. And then you just dreaming and dreaming and dreaming, but a dreamer remains a dreamer. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's put down. 
Yeah. And this is, I mean, this is to me, this is a, a legend talking right now, saying about what he did to get there. And this is consistent. Remember, we talked about earlier, like if, if something's truthful, it's truthful no matter where it is. And and as I said, one of the basic truths of sports psychology and goals is that the more clear goals are, the more likely they are to be mm-hmm. met. Mm-hmm. And when Ray, you're talking about, let me just uh, let's write this down. It's so important. And then the other piece is, what if things don't go this way? What mm-hmm. else can I do? Mm-hmm. So I talk a lot about what I call the lifelong obstacle course. As long as I know uh, how many obstacles, if I if I think, hey, listen, my life shouldn't have any more obstacles. I've overcome enough. Then I'm going to be crumbled the next time I hit an obstacle. But if I look and say, look, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to encounter obstacles. So the question is, what do I do when I encounter those obstacles? Now, as my dad always taught me, what you prepare for is much less of a problem than what you don't prepare for. Mm-hmm. Now we come to to your specific clear message for people, which is write stuff down, write it down, have a plan, and the, and and that plan is for you if you're trying to motivate others. Is step one: figure out where people are. Don't try to lead people from where they're not. Figure out where they are and go meet them there. Listen here, so. We love, I think the thing that people are going to really get excited about what we're leaving in these podcasts, and I think when you think about what we're talking about, I want to leave people really with five P's to life. Proper preparation prevents poor performances. Because if, if you properly prepare, the prepared mind is the mind that really doesn't believe in luck. He believes is I'm here because I've properly placed myself in the position that that prevents poor performances. Mm. One of my coaches once said to me one time, I never forget it. He said, he said, I've, I've, I've just never coached someone that does not make mistakes. I said, coach, it's not the mistake that I'm not making. It's that I've, I've properly prepared so much. That even when I make a mistake, it's not a mistake. Yeah. Because the, because the mistake ain't, ain't in them, ain't in a false step. The mistake ain't in getting blocked. The mistake is not knowing my defense. The mistake is not knowing what the play is. The mistake is not knowing that if they ran this play two times last week, they're going to run the same damn play this, this week. That's the key. That's what made guys come in and out this revolving door so many years doc that I've seen yeah I'm telling you man throughout my career I sat there in meetings and I used to always sit there and say why don't everybody know the defense the way I know it why don't everybody know every position it's a, wow. but listen as a as a fan as a as a football fan that is a question that would baffle fans say why are there only why is there only when you think about it you think about Ray Lewis and then on offense you might think about Peyton Manning and you say the preparation the level of preparation is phenomenal and it's interesting because you can apply this to your life wherever you are, whether you're in the sports world or not. You can apply what Ray is saying right now by saying what might come up for you. When you identify what might come up for you, now you have options. And when you knew the defense as well, and when you because you know defense as well as you know it, you are able to 
ready, you're ready for whenever something goes left, whenever something goes a, a different way, because you have, as you said, prepared. Preparation is key, and I think so many people don't want to put that in, or mm-hmm. they expect others to put it in, but they don't want to do the work themselves. Mm-hmm. You can wake up and be good. You got to go out of your way to be great. That's the only way life works. That's why you can find, I always tell people, greatness is not this one big thing that's just dropped. Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Greatness is you realizing that I have to, when you think about Peyton, when you think about some of the great ones, the one thing that we always talked about is how did you know? Yeah. How did you know? You know? Yeah. And, 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 and when that happens, you see this sparkle in each other's eyes because you know how they knew. You knew <laughs> how late they had to stay up and how many times they had to watch that one play for them to know that that play is coming right back or watch that one player, right? What happens from the first quarter to the fourth quarter? Because we're creatures of habit. So what motivated me still in small things, right? That's what I'm telling people what greatness is, is small things. What motivated me in the fourth quarter was I paid attention to somebody's body language in the first quarter. And I said in the fourth quarter, if that changes, then something else changes. That's seeing the vision. That is seeing that's that's seeing it because you were prepared. You saw those little things. Absolutely, you saw those little things. If you want to motivate people, you come back to living by example. And Mm -hmm. again, I want to tie it all back into that commanding respect. You commanded so much respect because you put in the hours. Like you said, you looked at pain, and there was something you could just look in each other's eyes and say, "I know that how many hours that took to stay up. I know how much effort that took to do that." And when people see effort, people admire effort. But I think one of the things that we both believe about human beings is everybody has the potential and but they they need to fulfill that potential like mm-hmm. it has to be like you say everybody you could wake up and be good but it has to be to be great you've got to do those little things and you have to put the effort in effort is the easiest thing that no man can judge a coach once looked at me I never forget this man and he said to me well you're not you're not the size of a linebacker. You just, and I said, wow. And he, then he said to me, he said something. He said, and, ah, maybe you, maybe you probably can play special teams and this and that. And I said, wow. And I looked at him one day, and I'll never forget saying this. I said, have you ever tested my heart? <laughs> you, you can't know who you're talking to because you don't know what I'm built on. My foundation is all 100% effort. That's why I've been saying this for many years to people. Effort is between you and you. Nobody dictates effort. So when guys used to come in, come in the locker room and, and coach sit there and, and say, well, why are you this? And, and I'm sitting there saying, the only reason coach talking to you is because you probably three seconds faster than me, but I'm beating you to the football every play. <laughs> That's effort. The only reason I was around 17 years, the Lord is my witness, the only reason I was around 17 years, Doc, was because one number became more attractive, more attractive around a football, and that was 52. 
every time the ball snapped, every time the ball ended, every time something or chaos was being disturbed, 52 was somewhere. And I'll never forget Marvin Lewis kept saying, why does this 52 keep showing up? <laughs> and I told him then, I said, Marvin, I'm going to be around a long time. I'm going to be around a long time. He said, well, really? He said, well, what are you trying to do? I said, Marv, I got one goal. He said, what's that? I said, to be the greatest to ever do it. And I'm not talking about position. I'm not talking about offense or defense. I don't care if you put me alongside anybody else. Numbers or just pure impact, there will not be a greater leader than me in professional sports. And I told him this at 20, 20 what, 22, 23, 24? Yeah, 98, 99. This one we was... First year, 96, we 4 and 12. Next right. year, we 6, 9, and 1, 6 and 10. <laughs> 1999, we 8 and 8. We can't even get out of our own way. But I was chasing this thing that I, that I believe that nobody else believed. They said Baltimore hadn't seen the championship. Art Modell, rest in peace, hadn't seen the championship in 40 plus years. I promised him that will change. Mm. Well, he said, what do you mean? I said, because I, I see something that y'all can't see. See, and I think is what's what's like amazing is people might think you might be out there listening and say, "Well, yeah, but that's Ray Lewis. So how am I supposed to live up to that?" But here's the thing, and this is the message that Ray and I really want to give you is you have that in you. Like I'm sitting next to Ray right now. He is a flesh and blood man, and he has become he has become so legendary because he puts into practice what he's teaching. He puts into practice the preparation. That's what it's about. And so if you're going to motivate others, you got to find a way. You have to find a way to live your vision. You have to find a way to figure out where people are and then go meet them there. Write down your goals mm-hmm. and be clear about them. And you'll have a much better chance to get where you're going. I think if people really understand what we're trying to do, is we're trying to repair and we're trying to give real confidence into into us as people. And so you you inspired me. I just wanted to really tell you that every every show I always learn something new. Today I learned something new. Man, I I, I the there's nobody analogy. else. There's there's nobody else I'd rather be doing this with. Thank you so much for downloading the Tackling Life podcast today. Subscribe to the podcast and you'll get two all new episodes automatically downloaded every week. And please help spread the word and bring in new listeners by going to our iTunes page page and giving us a rating and a review. For more Tackling Life content, go to RayLewis.com and DrChristianConti.com. Plus, you'll find us on Facebook. Until next time, for Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Teachers, administrators, and other school staff play an important role. Education can be a shining light, and it's really the equalizer for everybody. You are making a difference in people's lives, including your students. You can have a really bad day at school and still realize that what you're doing is making a bigger difference. We are the best profession in the world next to doctors, but even a doctor had a teacher. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.